Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about the nature of existence, the pursuit of truth, and thinking about how to live a more fulfilling life while we're here. Last week, we talked about a couple things about the nature of truth and about perspective and, and how we all have different perspectives. Touching back on a couple of those points, one of the things I struggled with last week was that fear that what if truth isn't real? What if truth is just a characteristic of the language that we use to describe the universe that we find ourselves in. Now that was a pretty unsettling idea to me since truth had, has long been one of my goals, one of my life's pursuits. And I, and I think I actually described it as a tragedy, as the tragedy of, of Arthur's knights pursuing the Holy Grail and the Holy Grail's not real. It's not real. And I talked some more about that with some friends and thought some more about it. And, and I'm slowly coming around, I think, to an acceptance of how even the pursuit of something that is not real has value. Because though the goal may not be real, the pursuit is. And we're stretching and we're straining and we're reaching for that thing, whatever it is. And that through that process, we grow and become and participate in becoming who we are becoming, the people that we're becoming. And that continual process of dying to who we were, being born to who we were becoming, that is a part of the dead man's forest. That is a part, that is what happens in this mental and emotional space that we call the dead man's forest. And so it is a bit of a paradox, perhaps, that we pursue things we reach for things that we know perhaps aren't real. We hope that they are. And yet we acknowledge that the goal isn't the point. The goal is simply the, the thing that gets us moving, that drives us to pursue, to search, to question. And isn't it funny how the word question has right in it our quest. Maybe someday I'll figure out how to resolve that paradox. Maybe someday I'll see that the things that we pursue somehow are real and are true and we can get to that place. We can arrive at that destination. But until then, I am... I think, stuck on the journey, as are we all. 
And since that's all we have, we may as well learn to be satisfied with it. We might as well come to accept the fact that it is enough, that it has to be enough. The other thing I talked about last week was perspective and how we can have different perspectives both in the world of the physical and in the world of ideas. As I was thinking more about that this week, uh, I was reminded of something I read in a book by Robert Heinlein. And I think it was Stranger in a Strange Land. And in this book, he introduced the idea of a professional witness. And I love how clearly Heinlein explains his ideas because he does it with wonderful examples that stick with you for years. And his example of a professional witness was one of his characters was describing what this was. And there was another character there who was a professional witness. And he asked her, what color is that house up on the hill? And she looked at it and she said, it's white on this side. On this side. And that's something that probably none of us would say, isn't it? White on this side. We'd say it's white. We would say it's white. But the fact that she doesn't assume that it's white on the sides that she can't see is what differentiates her from us as a professional witness. And I thought more about this example in terms of, of perspective. I thought about the kinds of arguments that we get in political arguments or religious arguments or arguments about the nature of relationships. You know, the things that are really sticking points for us that we really care about and that we really have trouble understanding how it is that other people can think differently than us. And I thought about a situation where two people are sitting on opposite sides of a, of a house. And one side of the house is painted blue and the other one is painted red. And the person who's sitting on the blue side is shouting across to the person on the red side saying, this house is blue. And the person on the red side is shouting across and saying, you idiot, this house is red. And they both are sitting there looking at the wall looking at the wall that's blue or red and thinking what an idiot that other person is, how could they possibly be missing this? But if either one of them were to simply get up and walk around the house, they would see, they would be able to see so clearly, oh, I was wrong. The house does look blue from your perspective. And I think it is only this, we only gain the right to criticize someone else's perspective if we have gotten up, walked over to where they are standing, whether that be a physical place or an ideological place, looked at the world from their vantage point, from their situation, from their perspective, and said either, oh, I can see why it looks this way to you. Or said, no, 
here's something you're missing. But so many of us sit on our side of that house and criticize people with different political beliefs than we do, than we have. We ridicule them, we dismiss them, we ignore them. And yet, not once do we even consider standing up and walking over to them and saying, okay, what does this look like? What are you seeing? How does this look from where you're sitting? And until we do that, we can't. We can't be justified in the opinions that we have about them and about their perspective. This was the big clarification that I realized I needed from last week's conversation. It seemed like I was saying that all perspectives are valid. I think I even said that (laughs) verbatim. But that's not really true. All perspectives are not necessarily correct and all perspectives are not necessarily valid. If the person sitting on the side of the house with the blue wall is saying this house is green, well, that's questionable. That's something that's valid to question and criticize, but not until you walk over to that side of the house and see that it's actually blue. We all make mistakes. We all misperceive things. We all miss the obvious sometimes. But it's impossible for us to listen to and respect someone sitting in a different place and telling us that our perspective is wrong. Telling us that that blue house we're staring at is actually red. But if our response is to simply shout back at them louder that it's blue, then nothing, nothing is accomplished. Nothing is learned. Nothing is improved. No one's life is made better by that. No one's. The only thing that happens is that people get, they get to comfort themselves, pat themselves on the back about how right they are, about how superior they are to that other person whose opinion is clearly wrong. But really, the superior person is the one who stands up, walks around that house, and says, oh, I see. Now I know more than I knew before. Now I know a bigger truth. I have a bigger perspective. And I cannot help but think that if all of us, with all of our different perspectives, could really just have an honest conversation about them and try to walk around each other's houses, to look at the thing, whatever it is, to look at the situation from that other person's perspective, that all of us would be able to perceive bigger truths. that all of us would be able to look at the bigger picture and know we may not be able to comfort ourselves that the world is simple and that we're superior and that we're right. But in place of that comfort, we will have a real shot at doing something worthwhile, at making something better at creating a more fulfilling life for ourselves and for the people around us. That's the work that we try to do in the Dead Man's Forest. It's hard work. 
but it's important and it's worthwhile. Some new threads of conversation that I've been pulling on this week have been about science and our understanding of the universe and how that impacts our ability to be satisfied with our place in the universe. For most of human existence, we did not have the luxury of understanding. We did not have the tools to answer many of the questions that we had about what exists. What I mean is simply that for most of our history, we didn't know that the sun was a star. And we didn't know that the stars were other suns with other worlds orbiting around them. And we didn't know that lightning wasn't caused by a god. And we didn't know why the tides happened. And we didn't know that the earth was round. For hundreds of thousands of years, we only had stories to explain those things. Stories that we made up. And so that's what we are. That's the kind of creatures that we are. We are creatures that make sense of the world around us through stories. We evolved alongside stories. Science is a relatively recent development within the last few hundred years. And it gives us another way of explaining how the universe works. And in today's society, we now hold science as the highest, the best tool that we have to explain the nature of things to ourselves. But just like the stories that we told ourselves for millennia, science has shortcomings. Just like there are things that those stories could not satisfactorily explain, there are things that science has not yet satisfactorily explained. I struggle a little bit to articulate this, but really I think the biggest shortcoming of science is that it discounts the subjective it discounts the personal experience that we all have because it tries to look at the universe from a, a bigger perspective, a higher perspective. It's funny, it occurs to me as I'm saying this, that this is <laughs> really similar to what I just talked about in that I think it's important for us to pursue a larger perspective. Science only looks at the universe from outside of us. It only looks at it rationally and logically. It tries to compartmentalize it, set up rules, understand these cause and effect relationships. But what science discounts, what it ignores, what it leaves off the table is 
the feeling of sitting here in this forest, looking at the life around me and listening to the birds and just being absolutely astonished that any of it can exist. It's, it's a miracle that I can sit here and speak these words and you in my future can listen to them and make sense of them and incorporate them into the way you look at the world. And even if we take the technology of recording devices and media playback out of the picture, even if we imagine you and I sitting next to each other and having this conversation, the fact that I can take these ideas that I have in my head that are nothing, they're, they're nothing but patterns of energy and that I can make some noises with my mouth and those noises cause vibrations in the air that shake a part of your head and that translates into another electrical signal that's nothing. Goes into your brain and your brain turns that into something that means something. That is almost beyond belief. The fact that anything exists is miraculous. It's astonishing. And the fact that we perceive it and interpret it as meaningful, that is a spiritual experience that science has not yet accounted for. Because it only happens in our heads and in our hearts. There are people who put their faith in science, who believe that science is capable of answering all those questions, of explaining even that feeling, that feeling of shock and awe at the fact that we're here. And that may be true. Science may be able to explain that someday, but it hasn't yet. And I don't know if that someday will ever arrive. We can only take it on faith that it will. And from that perspective, science requires faith just as much as a belief in any God does. We human beings find ourselves here in this universe, staring out from inside a body, wide-eyed and astonished that all this is around us. And we have no choice but to believe something. There is something big out there, and it feels like it's beyond our ability to comprehend. But every time we get a glimpse of it, whatever it is, it feels important. One of the things that we want to do here in the Dead Man's Forest is reach out and touch that thing, that truth or the nature of the universe, science or God or whatever you want to call it, 
we just want to touch that as often as possible to remind ourselves that it's there and that it's important and that the very fact that we can have some kind of contact with it, no matter what level that happens on, is really special and it's an immense privilege. So that's the end of today's conversation. If you want to share any of your perspectives on this or any stories of when you have touched that truth or seen glimpses of, of whatever that larger perspective that encompasses us all is about the nature of it, please reach out to us. We're on Twitter at Dead Man's Forest 1, the number one, or at deadmansforest.org. And even if your only role in the conversation is to listen, you're still a really important member of the conversation. Thanks for being here, and thanks for listening to the Dead Man's Forest. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.